0: It is Friday, May 20th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, hello, and happy Friday. It's Janine Rubinstein. I hope you're all savoring these last few late spring days. Who am I kidding? Bring on summer already. <laughs> we are sending you into the weekend with a slate of fascinating stories, so let's get right into it. First, some breaking news regarding billionaire and Tesla founder, Elon Musk. Musk has tweeted a response after the release of a Business Insider report that a flight attendant alleged that he harassed her during a SpaceX jet flight. The article says the flight attendant, who was not identified by name in the piece, claims that Musk exposed himself and propositioned her after asking for a full-body massage on a flight in late 2016. According to Insider, when pressed for comment via email, Musk responded saying there was, quote, a lot more to this story and asked for more time to respond. After the article dropped last night, Musk tweeted, The attacks against me should be viewed through a political lens. This is their standard despicable playbook. But nothing will deter me from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. Though he did not clarify which attacks he was specifically referring to. Moving on, the suspect who assaulted Dave Chappelle during a comedy show at the Hollywood Bowl this month has been charged with attempted murder in a separate incident. 23-year-old Isaiah Lee was already facing four misdemeanor charges after he climbed on stage and tackled the comedian at the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May 3rd. But now Los Angeles County believes he may be involved in an unresolved case that occurred late last fall. Yesterday afternoon, Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon filed felony charges against Lee over an incident where he is suspected of stabbing his roommate during a fight at his apartment on December 2nd. Gascone claimed the media frenzy surrounding the incident with Chappelle allowed Lee to be identified as the suspect. He told the Insider the publicity generated by the attack on Mr. Chappelle helped police solve this crime, and that based on the nature and severity of the December attack, Mr. Lee is now facing felony charges, which my office will prosecute. Lee pleaded not guilty to these charges. It's now been five days since the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard defamation trial resumed, and the intensity just keeps ramping up. We've got the latest updates on everything that's happening in that wild and crazy courtroom. Another week has gone by in the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard defamation trial where, in case you forgot or are somehow new to this, Depp is suing his ex-wife for $50 million for an op-ed she wrote for The Washington Post about surviving domestic abuse, though she didn't mention him by name in the article. In turn, Amber is countersuing Johnny for $100 million, claiming he and his legal team defamed her by launching an online smear campaign to discredit her abuse allegations. Every update in this trial is jaw-dropping and messy, as we know, and I'm going to need some help breaking down the latest developments. So joining me now to do that is People's Executive Editor, Jeremy Helliger. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Janine. Well, so this week, we saw Amber's younger sister, Whitney Henriquez, testify on her sister's behalf, and she had some bombshells of her own. She talked about how they all fell in love with Johnny at first and even recalled doing drugs with him on some occasions. But Whitney was also questioned about the March 2015 fight between Amber and Johnny on the staircase of their penthouse. So tell me what she said about that.
1: Well, Britney said that it all started due to jealousy. Amber found text messages that showed that Johnny was allegedly having an affair. And that caused a huge argument between them. She said that Johnny threw a Red Bull can that hit his nurse, Debbie Lord, in the back. And then she's at the top of the stairs Johnny comes running up the stairs, comes up behind her, strikes her in the back. This makes Amber upset, so she smacks him. And at this point, Johnny Depp's security guard comes up the stairs, and Amber lands one on Johnny. And so the security guard, Travis, has to pull them apart. And before that happened... Johnny, according to Whitney, was just hitting and hitting and hitting Amber. So it was just a really, really explosive situation.
0: It's just how this all went down. We know something happened, but these stories are so different. And one note that that stuck out to me was the NDA that came up. So after this chaos ensues, Whitney's talking about she had to sign an NDA?
1: Yeah, this is really weird. Apparently... She had to sign an NDA, and she doesn't remember whether she signed it or not. She doesn't think she signed it, but after that, she left. Like, how do you forget that you signed an NDA? I'm not really sure what happened there.
0: So, yes, you mentioned Travis's. Recollection. So what did he have to say of that big fight? Now, he
1: actually recalls the conversation starting in a more peaceful tone, and then it slowly became much more aggressive. And the way he describes it, Amber was the one who threw a punch. She closed her fist and it made contact with the left side of Johnny's face. And he pretty much blames the violence on Amber. And he said that Johnny basically tried to de-escalate the situation in a non-violent way. And he convinced Johnny to come downstairs and just move out of the situation. But he says that Johnny was left with a shiner on his face and it was swollen and red.
0: Wow. Very different. Pictures being painted. So let's talk about Johnny's former agent, Tracy Jacobs. She also had her deposition played for the courtroom this week. And Tracy was Johnny's agent for 30 years before he fired her back in 2016. So what did she testify?
1: Well, she made an allegation that he was basically very difficult on movie sets. He showed up late consistently and he would delay everything She was very honest with him and said, you've got to stop doing this, it's hurting you. And according to her, it did hurt him. She said that at first the crews loved him because he was really great with the crews. And after a while, people were just reluctant to work with him. And before all of this went down, Johnny had a really good reputation in Hollywood. I think he was the kind of actor that a lot of people wanted to work with. So, this is painting a portrait of him professionally that I don't think many people really were aware of.
0: And it also is trying to prove that point that, that whatever Amber wrote wasn't what ruined his reputation in Hollywood. He was already working on that with his onset behavior. Another person we heard from this week was Johnny's ex girlfriend and former co star Ellen Barkin. She appeared in a pre recorded deposition from 2019 and did not mince words. Ellen also claimed that Johnny once threw a wine bottle in her direction. This is all just really sad. So, what else did she have to say about their volatility?
1: She said that Johnny was very, very jealous. She described a time where she came home and she had scratches on her back, and he was convinced that it was because she was having sex with someone else, (laughs) which is really quite inflammatory. And she actually appeared with Johnny in the movie Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas, and they were involved for a while. But interestingly, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing, who was engaged to Johnny at one point, also in an interview talked about how he was very jealous while they were dating. So it almost seems like the jealousy might be a running theme there.
0: Just more and more keeps coming out. And, and the pendulum just seems to keep swinging between these two, and especially in the court of public opinion. But we'll see. Oh, well, as always, you know, we're, we're going to keep you guys updated on these new developments. Jeremy, thank you for coming on to break this all down with me. You're very welcome. It's the end of the television season, which means that cancellations and renewals are officially out in the open. We'll break down whether or not your favorite show made the cut and take a look at the hottest shows of the summer next. But first, it's a very special New Music Friday. We take a look at this week's hottest releases after the break. We are back and it's the best day of the week, New Music Friday on People Every Day. We picked out the must-listens to load up on your phone for this weekend. First up, the long awaited third album from One Direction alum and fashion icon, Harry Styles. It drops today. The album titled Harry's House includes 13 dancey synth pop tracks. They are honestly all so good, but my favorite right now has to be Cinema, which fans are speculating might just be about Styles' girlfriend, Olivia Wilde. Let's take a listen. And if you happen to be an Apple Music subscriber, you are in luck tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Harry Styles' One Night in New York concert will stream live for free to Apple Music subscribers. The concert is the first in a series called Apple Music Live, which brings concerts from all around the world right into your living room. As they're happening, by the way, I, for one, cannot wait to be dancing along in the comfort of my own home.
2: And try. Try. Try, try,
0: try. to face the river. I Next we have the debut of Gavin de seventh studio album titled Face the River. The singer says this is the music he was made to make. The Grammy Award-nominated artist grew up in the real Catskills of New York. And as we all know from his hit theme song to TV's teen drama, One Tree Hill, I Don't Want to Be, he was a prison guard's son. That was our first glimpse into his life through music. And while his family has been an inspiration throughout his career, his late parents, Lynn and John Wayne DeGraw, gave him the inspiration to write the story of his lifetime their story. So joining me now is the one and only Gavin DeGraw. Thank you so much for taking time to join us.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: You are wrapping up the end of your tour where you purposely played in intimate venues to share this new album. Why was that the route you wanted to take with this music?
2: The type of record that this is, it really feels like a, a homemade record, almost like a 1970s era songwriter record. Sort of like a Seeger, Springsteen-y kind of thing with a hint of the Al Green element of things. And in, in the spirit of that, I wanted to play the kinds of rooms that embraced those types of artists for so long. There's a song called Freedom on the Record. So my dad went by the name Wayne, but his real name was John Wayne DeGraw. In 1948, when you were named John Wayne, that was pretty cool because, you know, John Wayne was a big movie star. And he worked for the New York State Department of Corrections. He was a guard at a Maxi Max prison. And then he'd come home and act like nothing happened. Then my mother was very much the same. Just work, work, work all the time. And I just wanted to acknowledge it and, and celebrate that people are out there struggling, but striving for the betterment of their household and of their yeah. family. And the chorus goes. So we'd get high and we'd ramble. Get drunk and we'd gamble. Teenagers cruising at seventy-five, singing "Sweet Home Alabama." Stay out all damn weekend. Sundays for sleeping. Nobody leaving this planet alive. Might as well enjoy your freedom. And I'm really amazed at the response of the album. It's just been overwhelmingly positive.
0: It's just so wonderful to hear your story and sharing Face the River, which is out now wherever you download music. Gavin, thank you.
2: Thank you, Jeannie. I appreciate it.
0: As record-breaking heat starts to take over the country, I know a good way to try and escape it. Sit on your couch in the air conditioning and dive into some of summer's hottest shows. That said, on the way to summer, we lost some of our favorite shows to cancellations. We also learned which of our faves will be coming back to continue the stories and drama we love. So to walk us through all the news from the tube is People's senior TV editor, Brienne Heldman. Hey, Brienne. Hi, Janine. It's been a very busy week in TV land. Right. Well, let's start with which of our favorite shows just got renewed this year. Like, we know they're coming back. We can settle into them. All of
3: those long running procedural network shows that you've been watching for years and years and years, you get to watch them for years and years more. We're talking about Grey's Anatomy, all those Dick Wolf shows, three Law and Orders, three Chicago's, three FBI's. All of those are coming back in the fall. You don't need to worry about it. And my favorite new show of the last season, Ghosts, was also renewed. This is a comedy unlike anything I've ever seen. It's a show I should not have liked about this young couple that moves into this old mansion, and one of them winds up being able to see and communicate with ghosts, and the ghosts who live in the mansion are hilarious. It's actually the number one comedy on network TV. You can stream it on Hulu, and I highly recommend you do.
0: I totally saw the trailer for that, and I said no. But with your endorsement, (laughs) I might go look at it.
3: (laughs) Janine, I did too. I'm not a big fan of comedies. It looked ridiculous. And then the reviews were really good, so I caved and watched it, and I am totally obsessed. Every character is ridiculous and layered and funny, and it's, it's delightful. Another big renewal actually happened this morning. I know a lot of people have been talking about Heartstopper on Netflix. It's a buzzy new high school show, and it just got picked up for two more seasons. So you'll get to see them graduate, perhaps.
0: Well, now, besides This Is Us, which I'm already having a panic attack about, and Ellen, which we all know are leaving next week, what shows may have quietly fallen off our radars and off the network's lineups?
3: I mean, May 12th, which was last Thursday, was basically a bloodbath for TV fans. There were 18 shows canceled in 24 hours. There's always these cancellations before this big network presentation that happened this week. But 18 in one day might be a record. It was insane. Among them were seven shows on the CW. The CW is known for renewing everything. And they canceled Mm -hmm. all the things this year, including... All their big reboots, like Dynasty, Charmed, Roswell, those are gone. They also let go of Legacies, which is the last of the network's Vampire Diaries spinoffs, and thus ends that franchise's 13-year run on the network. So R.I.P. to half of what was on C.W.
0: But if you <laughs> what are they gonna show? <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, if you love all things Jared Padalecki and Jensen ackles you're in luck because walker was renewed there's now a walker spinoff coming and there's a supernatural prequel series coming so if you love them you will have plenty to look at
0: got it got it and then i heard about keenan
3: i know there were some really fun comedies i was surprised to see let go as early as they were keenan and mr mayor just are wrapping up their second seasons on nbc but we will not be seeing them for a third season And then the comedy that I had the most text messages from friends about was Pivoting on Fox, which only got this one season. It starred Jennifer Goodwin, Maggie Q, and Liza Coupe. It was really delightful and had started to really build a fan base
0: Well, finally, Memorial Day is lurking around the corner. And for me, that is the official start of summer with the kids out of school. I know I'm going to need a mental break here and there. So what new summer shows should be on my list when it is grown-up only time?
3: Well, especially when it's grown-up only time, you better be ready to be scared because... Stranger Things is finally back. It's been almost three years since that whole drama at the mall. And those kids are now like adult people. They have grown a million inches and their voices have dropped a whole lot. (laughs) But it is back on May 27th. (laughs) (laughs) I caught that. It is scarier than ever. So be prepared to actually be... Scared this time. I mean, it was always scary. I read something where the Duffers who created the show talked about how when the show started, the kids were basically in Goonies, and the high schoolers were in Nightmare on Elm Street, and now they're all on Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Okay, I'm terrified. (laughs) I'm not a scary person. They're in
3: high school now. It's so good, though. You guys be so excited! And they are announcing today that the split will happen. So the show is on may 27th and then we get a good chunk of the season we get seven episodes and then the final two episodes of the season won't come until july
0: 1st gotta wait for it
3: gotta wait for it or as Finn wolfhard told me he's really glad they're pacing it out the people are gonna need a need a beat before they see those final two episodes
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay what else before i lose you what else is is a good adult one
3: this summer is really going to be all about the second seasons. I cannot wait to see the next installment of Only Murders in the Building with Selena Gomez. She's joined by Cara Delevingne this season. There's going to be so many good people. They're going to be accused of murder themselves. There's the competing podcast that Tina Fey has and Physical with Rose Byrne. I love this show on Apple TV Plus. And Murray Bartlett, that guy that you totally fell in love with on The White Lotus is joining that show and it could not be better casting. You look at one photo of him in like full 80s Jazzercise gear and you are signed
0: up. (laughs) Jazzercise gear. Sign me up, Brienne. Sign me up. Well, thank you so much. It is always so fun to have you on and be able to get excited about scheduling my shows. So I appreciate it.
3: Anytime.
0: All right. We're about to wrap up for today. But before we go, I have a question to ask. Do you believe in life after love?
2: Do you believe in life after love?
0: <laughs> well, here's something you might find hard to believe Cher is 76 years old today. That's right. It's the singer, actor, and goddess of pop's birthday. Since leaving high school at the age of 16 to pursue her career, Cher has been entertaining generation after generation and reaching music fans all over the world since her early days as a pop duo with her husband, Sonny Bono.
2: I got you, babe. I got you, babe.
0: To her prolific solo career where she released hits in disco, pop, and rock, People have been dancing, humming, and singing along to Cher for over 50 years. But of course, no celebration of Cher is complete without mentioning her iconic film roles. Whether you fell in love with her in the romantic comedy classic, Moonstruck, danced along with the crowd in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, or cried along with her in Mask, there's never been a Cher role to skip, especially not mermaids. But don't worry, there's no need to turn back time. Cher was still out there performing in her Las Vegas residency as recently as 2020. Here's hoping she returns to the stage soon. In the meantime, we wish the icon a very happy birthday, and I'll happily take this as an excuse to rewatch Mermaids for the 100th time. One thing's for sure, Cher's birthday is something to make all of us smile. Well, that's it for today's show, you guys. I hope you all have a lovely weekend, and we'll be back Monday with a fresh crop of new stories on people every day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantilla, Madison Lesby, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, and the great team at Pod People. Edited by Morgan Foos and Carter Wogan. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Aliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman.